Your weekend begins in Crystal Palette's wine country with sommelier Crystal Cameron Shad. Every week, Crystal takes your palate on a journey from the vineyard to the glass and opens your mind to the endless choices that await your next sip. Uncork your passion starting now on your trip through wine country on Seaville 1075 and 1260 WCHV. Good morning, everyone. I hope your weekend is off to a fabulous start. Spring is here, and that can only mean one thing. The sixth annual Taste of the Monticello Wine Festival is right around the corner. The three-day event celebrates the, celebrates the best wines of the Monticello Wine Trail and kicks off this coming Thursday, April 13th. To tell us more about the festivities, we have Stephen Barnard, who is the winemaker at Keswick. He's been uh, by the show before, so I appreciate you stopping by and filling us in on this great event. It's my absolute pleasure. Wonderful. So there is a lot going on. This is the sixth year that uh, you Mm -hmm. guys have been doing this. Uh, Just to kind of, you know, set the scene for those that don't know, the Monticello Wine Trail, can you talk a little bit about the wine trail in general and then we'll kind of get into the festival? Yeah, certainly the Monticello um, AVA, it's one of the oldest in in America, I believe. And I believe there are 33 wineries that uh, belong to that. And it's all very collaborative. We want people to, to come to, to our various wineries and send them on to others. And, and it's just we're so excited about what we're doing in central Virginia, the quality of wine, the collaborative kind of working between the winemakers and the vineyard managers. And what we're all uh, trying to do is to, to promote the wines that we make down here and, and share that with the public and, and hopefully um, move on to, to better and bigger things down the line. And uh, it's certainly a great way to pay homage and respect to uh, Thomas Jefferson, you know, Mr. the birthplace himself, of American yes, wine. Without a doubt. Yeah. So you could actually call this somewhat of a progressive tasting because there are so many events going on over the three days of this uh, of this festival. Uh, it kicks off on Thursday, I understand. Uh, what's going on on Thursday? On Thursday, um, the evening of at the Jefferson Theater, it's actually the, the formal the Monticello Wine Cup Awards. So all the wineries that belong to the Monticello Wine Trail submitted wines, and um, those results become made, and the actual uh, Monticello Cup, which is quite the prestigious award, Gets uh, gets awarded. So that is from six to ten p.m. on uh, Thursday, April thirteenth. It's downtown at the Jefferson Theater, and uh, tickets are available. Um, you know, you can get uh, you can access the website at the Monticello Wine Trail Festival. Uh, com and admission, I believe, $65 per person to come to that. You get to taste the, the award-winning wines, get to mingle with the winemakers and the vineyard managers. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a wonderful, wonderful event. So for the uh, Monticello Wine Cup, it's just limited? Is it limited to just the, wine, the wineries? It's limited to those wineries that belong to the Monticello Wine Trail, yes. And how long, that, how long has that been going on for? Has that been a, a big tradition for the trail? It's been yeah, going on for a while. Know, it's it's always fun to to kind of put your wines and and have uh, peers and and wine professionals judge them. Yeah. You know, it's more fun when you do well. But you know, it, it's sort of it's friendly competition, so to speak. You know, and it's uh, and it's nice, and it's become quite prestigious because. Um, you know, I'm big fans of the other wineries and the winemakers that make wine. Yeah, um, you know, at the end of the day, we're all colleagues. We work together, and very happy for for everyone who does well. And and honestly, it's just been a progression in quality for the for the wine trail overall. Um, I think the Monticello Wine Trail in the recent Governors Cup competition had more gold medals awarded. So it seems that collaborative kind of um, you know working and trading of information is playing dividends because the the wines are improving. They're shared information. Um, and it's certainly not competitive whatsoever. It's it's very collaborative, and it's really great to be a part of something like that. 
And certainly, speaking of collaboration, that's only going to elevate the entire industry when you can work together. Yeah, without a doubt. Um, you know, Virginia has, has potential. We all see it, and I think consumers are starting to see it. Um, and it's not validated by, by by awards, but, I mean, we are making wines that can stand alongside those of California and Oregon and Washington and Texas and New York, and we should be proud of what gets made in Virginia. And, you know, whether it's the Eastern Shore or the Northern northern part of Virginia or in central, you know, down in Shenandoah. There's so many wonderful wines that are being made in Virginia, and that's something to to celebrate and something to be proud of. And, um, yeah, that's the reason we're making wine out here. There's certainly a lot of talent right here in this hub, and I know a couple of your colleagues have been kind of, well, Emily Pelton and a few others have been leading up the Winemakers Research Exchange, uh, which is just kind of an opportunity to collaborate on what, you know, what grows well here and then whatnot. So, yeah, without a doubt. Emily certainly led that, and, um, you know, I've been fortunate enough to sit on the board with her and, um, you know, Ben at Early Mountain, Mike at Horton, and Kirsty at Blenheim, and Matu at King Family Vineyards, and it's really just a, a collaboration of, of minds and research projects, and then the, the willingness to, to share that information. And all that does is not to serve individualistic purposes. It's to, to showcase to the rest of the industry what works and what doesn't. And it's not just specific to, you know, Monticello. You know, we, we do statewide kind of tastings and the information is shared and we've received funding. So I think other people also realize, you know, the benefit to, to sharing information. And what it does is it just serves to improve either viticulturally or the winemaking and that, that holds us in good stead. So we, we obviously get some feedback on our projects, and then we get to taste other people's projects. And it's a, it's a fantastic industry to, to be involved in with some, some really intelligent, really sort of cutting-edge kind of people, which is, which is great. And uh, speaking of just amazing talent and really wonderful wines, having this festival really is an opportunity for those that, you know, may, may have not been to all of the wineries on the wine trail to kind of sample everything in one weekend. Uh, talk, and it it's definitely has a, a level of elegance to this event, too. Talk about some of the Friday events, because there's a lot going on on Friday. Uh, unfortunately, you can't hit them all because there's so many things going on across the area. But I know yeah. they're starting off with like a Yes Way Rosé lunch, which is a lot of fun. Talk yeah, a little bit about some a, of those things. there's a wonderful rosé. Rosé lunch at Early Mountain Vineyards, um, and if rosé is is something that um, doesn't really interest you, there's a sparkling wine brunch at Veritas Vineyards. Um, you know, the Early Mountain one's 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. The Veritas is 10 to 12, and then after that, there are tours that you can go and do. Um, one at Barbersville Vineyards, you know, talking about where it all started. Uh, King Family Vineyards, where Matu's going to talk to you about, you know, modern winemaking. Trump Winery, uh, certainly a fantastic winery with their sparkling wines. And Jonathan Wheeler is going to talk to you about how to make sparkling wines. And then, you know, arguably the father of the Virginia industry is Gabriele Rossi. And, he, and he's just fun to, to hang out with. You know, he's got so many stories and so many wonderful kind of experiences within the wine industry. And you can do a, a walking winery tour with him at, uh, at his namesake's winery, Gabriele Rossi. So That really is a gift to be able to have access to someone of his caliber. Without a doubt. If I weren't busy, I'd be the one going there as well. I mean, just, just for stories. And that's what wine is. Yes. It's not just science and growing. It's also about how wines get shared and the experiences with them. And, and certainly he's got life experiences and wine experiences that far exceeds many years that we have. And he's just a wonderful person, a wonderful ambassador for Virginia wine and, you know, worth anybody's time to, to go and hang out with him. But also, you know, at Trump and King and Barber's Hall, you're going to get that same level of attention. You're going to learn something. You're going to be excited about um, all these wines. And then the rosé lunch and the sparkling wine brunch at Early Mountain and um, Veritas Vineyards, respectively, you're going to get to taste a an offering of many different styles from many different wineries. And I think uh, you, you'd be remiss not to go to one of those. It, um, it 
would certainly be an eye-opening. And, and I think once you walk away from that, you're going to walk away with a sense of, wow, you know, Virginia makes incredible wines and, you know, there's so many different styles. And again, we want people to get it get excited about the wines that are being produced in their own backyard. And it's also about not only supporting the wine industry, but supporting the local movement, supporting the regionalism, the food scene and all of that. Can you talk a little bit about possibly, you know, some of the pairings that we might be seeing at some of these uh, events? Oh, gosh, now you're putting me on the spot because I don't have the pairings (laughs) with me. Um, But, yeah, I I think the the intention is to pair local wines with local foods. And, um, you know, when people come here and uh, come to the wineries, they invariably go and visit restaurants and stay in B&Bs. You know, so it is a very symbiotic relationship. One serves the other. So when they visit wineries, they'll they'll go to restaurants and they'll go to other places like that. Unfortunately, I don't have those pairings in front of me. But all of that information, as I said, is available on the website at MonticelloWineTrailFestival.com. And all the information for as far as uh, ticket prices, you can get, uh, I believe you can get uh, daily tickets or you can get like a two or three day pass as well uh, for the event. And that's all available online, too. So if all you can of that convert- is uh, available online. You know, you can you can go to as many as you can. Um, you know, there's the, the single ticket to, to go to the Sprint, Sprint Pavilion, which is the actual Montreal Wine, um, Wine Festival. And that's on the Saturday, the April the 15th. Um, it's $35, but you get to taste, I believe, it's 29 participating wineries. Um, you can do a two-day pass, which is uh, general admission to the Saturday wine tasting and the option of the sparkling brunch or the rosé lunch. Um, there's VIP upgrades, and certainly if you're really into all of that, you can do the Ultimate Wine Enthusiast three-day pass, um, and that includes the Monticello Cup, the general admission to, to the wine tasting on Saturday, and the option of either the, the sparkling brunch or the rosé lunch. And again, there's VIP upgrades, and all that information is available. So you can pick one event. You can go to all of them. You know, they, it offers flexibility as to what your budget can afford and what your time can afford. And um, certainly there's there's no one good thing versus the other. It's it's whatever whatever fits your fancy, whether you want to get dressed up and go to the awards dinner if you want to walk around the pavilion in a more sort of casual atmosphere, or if you want to be a VIP and gain early access and entry and taste one or two special wines that each of the wineries is bringing, you know, there's something for everybody. And it's um, it's just a celebration of sorts of the, the wines produced locally by fantastic wineries. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's just a, a chance to spend it with, with uh, like-minded people who love wine. Absolutely. To learn about it, to appreciate it, to enjoy it. And as uh, Stephen mentioned, there's just there is really literally something for everybody, whether you can go for one day, two or three days. And I, I'm really excited about Friday's schedule. I wish you could go to actually all I wish you could like clone yourself because there's so many sure. great events that day. But uh, the Esway Rosé lunch and then the uh, sparkling reception too yeah, at Early both, Mountain. Both fantastic opportunities. Yes. And, and of course, uh, you, if you're a big foodie, go ahead and check out the website because yes. all of the pairings are going to be on the website. Um, speaking of Rosé, though, just I want to pick your mind just for a moment just about Rosé in general as a winemaker, we are seeing, uh, you know, Rosé has been around for a very long time, but it's become very en vogue, if you will, over the past few years. Uh, What's appealing to Rosé to you as a winemaker? You know, um, I think Rosés make wonderfully food-friendly wines, and it's also something you can just sit on the deck, watch the sun go down, and drink them. They're um, there, there's so many styles. There's a sweeter style if you're being introduced to wines. They're the very sort of drier styles. So I think it offers um, something for everybody in terms of palates. But, you know, the the sort of the, the tough part is convincing people that rosés are serious wines. Sometimes they get seen as 
no, kind of poo-poo wines. You know, they, they're sort of byproducts of bleeding a tank, and, you know, you end up with rosé, and then you throw sugar in. No, rosés can be incredibly complex and incredibly red fruit dominated, and they, they can be, you know, layered, and, you know, they could be food friendly. So it, it would be a, a disservice to just sort of push rosé to the side and say that's not really a wine because they, they do. If you, if you look at Provencal rosés, mm-hmm. for instance, Absolutely. you know, Tavel or anything out of there, they're incredible, incredible wines. I mean, they grow grapes with the intention of making rosé. They put as much care into making that as, as anyone does into Cabernet Franc or Viognier in Virginia. So just talk to Matt Tufino, right, about, you know, a really good French-style rosé. Yeah, so. <laughs> he does a great job with that crosé, and what a wonderful name as well. So, um, yes. you know, a uh, big shout-out to them. They, they've certainly hit that market kind of on the, on the mm-hmm. head. But it's an incredible wine. And, yeah. um, and, I, they, and I mentioned that because it was interesting for me to see the Yes Way Rosé lunch on the lineup of events mm. for the festival uh, because it is something, and they're pairing rosés every course with different foods. So I think that's something that's really uh, showcasing, you know, we are in spring now, so spring, summer, uh, perfect pairing for so many things, from the picnic to the beach to the barbecue. So yeah, yeah. you got it, and it's uh, wonderful wineries. I mean, it's Blenheim and Cardinal Point and Early Mountain, Loving Cup and Stinson, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, are the are the pairings. I mean, oh, and just, Stinson's doing a really lovely rosé from yeah, their they, they do an incredible. They Sauvignon Blancs are beautiful, mm-hmm. and and Rachel and and her family are doing an incredible wine. But I mean, it's it's rack of lamb with eggplant herbs and agrodolce and olive oil cake with pistachios mm-hmm. and blood orange marmalade and Rappahanna crudo kumquats and olive I mean, he found you know, the menu, folks. Salivate, that sounds delicious. <laughs> I did. I, I found it. It was tucked away somewhere. But um, you know, crostini with autumn olive farms, lardo, fig, and Calabrian chili. I mean, those are just incredible foods to go with incredible wines. And I'm sure someone put uh, a lot of care and effort into mm-hmm. to pairing that particular rosé with that particular food pairing. And, and if you, you know, haven't been to the Veritas Farmhouse, really great opportunity to check that out because that's where they're hosting the Esway Rosé lunch. So I think that would be a really great opportunity to check out the uh, Veritas Farmhouse as well. Sure. So, well, Stephen, uh, give me the website again real quick. It's uh, Sure. It's the Monticello Wine Trail Festival dot com. And then you can also follow us on Twitter and Facebook at at Taste Monticello. And make sure, uh, you know, if you're going to the festival to give them a shout out, follow them on Twitter and Facebook, post your photos, hashtag them. Absolutely. It's a great way to elevate the industry. And I think that's really how people uh, begin to learn more about and accept uh, areas is to see their friends drinking their wines. And I think that's a great way to promote the industry as a whole. Uh, Stephen, if you have a few minutes, if you wouldn't mind hanging out, maybe we can uh, catch up a little bit on what's going on over at Keswick. Sure. Sounds great. Okay, awesome. Love to. Uh, stay with us. It's spring in Virginia and things are starting to pop, especially April is Virginia Vineyard Month, and it's a great time to get out and find your favorites. Over 260 breathtaking vineyards are rolling out the welcome mat with special tastings, music, and local cuisine. There are world-class wines being made in every region of our state. Just go to virginiawine.org to plan your trip and start popping. Thanks so much for staying with us. We have Stephen Barnard, who is the winemaker over at Keswick Vineyards. And he's on the show today. Uh, He was telling us all about the Monticello Wine Trail Festival coming up on April 13th. It runs Thursday to Saturday. And if you missed the segment, uh, please head over to the website at MonticelloWineTrailFestival.com. It is the sixth annual festival, uh, three days worth of amazing events. And uh, it's also sponsored by Mercedes-Benz of Charlottesville. So I'll give a little shout out for putting on the event. And uh, Stephen, just thought it'd be a great time to catch up on what you guys are doing over at Keswick. 
quick. Uh, I know we had kind of an interesting winter spring so far. February was kind of warm. March was kind of cold. Yeah, we, How's bud break coming for you we guys? We went from um, autumn into summer and then into spring, so to yes. speak. So um, we were we were worried at some point that the buds would come out a little earlier because they were so confused with the temperatures. But we've had bud break in the last week, um, you know, across a lot of the varietals, uh, Cab Franc, Merlot, Chardonnay, Viognier, uh, they're all out. So the vineyards come to life, which is an exciting time. You know, it's the start of the growing season and the potential to make great wines again, but it also brings its risks and, and challenges. You know, now we're susceptible to, to frosts and, you know, cold temperatures. Frost watches on, right? Frost watches on and, you know, we, we have plans in place and, and hopefully you, you plan for the for the worst and, and the best occurs, so to speak. So, um because last yeah. year was a little challenging with the spring. April, we had, yeah, what, two or three days? Yeah, last year was pretty of, rough. I think yeah. it was April 9th and April 12th. We got down to, at our property anyway, down to 18 degrees at like 1 o'clock in the morning. And, you know, you want to give yourself a fighting chance. When when you're down to 27s and 8s and 9s, you, you have a bit of a chance and you can do something. When you get that cold, you know, you're really up against it. So we got hard hit and, you know, um, the damage was, was variable depending on sites. If you had a higher elevation, you did better than lower elevation. So... It's the nature of farming. There's a lot we can control, and then you realize very quickly that there's very little you have control of. So, you know, we, we're, we're cognizant of the fact that for the next six or seven weeks, we, we've got to be very mindful of temperature and temperature swings. Because we're in Virginia. <laughs> we, we are definitely in Virginia. The only consistency is that next year is going to be different, right? So, and then, you know, just the sprayer comes out, and, you know, there's, there's weeding, and there's, you know, so there's just a lot of activity in the vineyard right now. The, the new wines have just been bottled, the springtime wines, um, and now the, the focus really gets away from the vineyard or the wine rather and gets into the vineyard and focusing on those the health of the vines and starting your spray programs and you know mm-hmm. taking care of the weeds, and which is, which is great. It's one of my, my favorite times of the year. Get to uh, be be one with nature. Without a doubt, shorts and a t-shirt and out in the vineyard, which is which is great. Which is where most winemakers spend their time anyway, right. because it, it really is the grapes in the vineyard that uh, determines the quality of the vintage. And once you say there's kind of a disconnect, and I, I always kind of encourage people if you haven't had a chance, go into the vineyards, ask for a tour of the vineyard, because so many people when they're you know when they have the glass of wine in their hand, they think, okay, harvest, it's picked in September, October, that's all you do all year. But sure. winemaking is really a 365 day your job, yeah, right? Yeah, you know. Good winemakers have have good vineyard crews behind them and um, you know there's a lot of people that work out there that, that deserve a lot of credit because at the end of the day you know if you if you get perfectly great fruit you have the potential to make great wine but if you get less than quality fruit you know you're you're up against it and there's only so much you can do so certainly you know the vineyards and the terroirs and the elevations and the slopes and the planting density and the and the clones and the the types of soils all have a profound effect and, um, yeah, it would be wonderful, wonderful to walk through many wineries and walk through the vineyards and, you know, um, smell the soil and, and see those crushed rocks and, and see how the vines uh, kind of react and, you know, how winemakers coerce flavors from different blocks and why a block on the hill does different to a block down the bottom and why the east side of the vine is different to the west side of the vine. You know, it's not something we know a lot of. We we keep doing it and we learn and we learn and we learn. And, and hopefully at the end of the day, we just give ourselves a chance to make uh, an incredible bowl bottle of wine that speaks of Virginia and that customers enjoy. That's that's all you can ask for. At the end of the day, absolutely being proud of what you're doing, keeping Without a true sense of place, having people enjoy it. And I know you also, and it's not all about the medals, but you did come away with, I believe, seven silver medals in this year's Governor's Cup. So you guys have been, you guys have won so many medals over the years for your wines, for what you've been doing. Yeah, it's 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 nice. I mean, you know, um, it, it was nice that 
all you can do is make a wine and, and we're happy with what we produce and then you, you pour it out and you, you let people kind of judge it. And, you know, sometimes you do well. Last year we did really well. And this year, you know, we didn't do poorly by any stretch. We, we got, you know, consistently good silvers. Mm-hmm. Um, very proud of our team and, and our wineries and obviously very, very excited and very proud of the people that did well. You know, obviously your locally. your Cab Franc Reserve won last year, right? Yeah, we were lucky yeah. enough to, to win the competition last year. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's so exciting to see other wines kind of step up and, and do well. You know, and I'm, I'm thrilled for, especially the local people, you know, Michael Shapps at Wineworks and King Family and Barbersville and and Veritas, and, and obviously the Vons at Hamilton Station, that one. I mean, you know, you got to tip your hat. And I, um, I'm i I'm very, very sort of proud of the work they do and, and, and their colleagues of mine. So certainly, you know, no harm, no foul. And, um, you know, that that's it. So I, I hope they enjoy all the all sort of the accolades and the awards and the press that comes with it. It's it's well-deserved. And, you know, it's uh, there's a lot of effort that goes into making those wines. You know, those vineyard managers and those winemakers are incredible. Um, so, yeah, well-deserved. And uh, as you mentioned, several several of your colleagues in the Montreal Wine Trail did very well this year, too. And uh, as we mentioned, this festival coming up, it's a great opportunity to uh, check out those wines and sample those wines and Without taste for yourself. So Without really cool opportunity there. Uh, speaking of just how – talk for a moment, if you don't mind, about just kind of how humble this profession is. Well, I mean, you know, it's humbling. Humbling. I should say humbling. <laughs> you know, yes, exactly. It, it is humbling. You, you'd like to be in control of everything, and, it, and it's very humbling when there's nothing you can do sometimes. You know, yeah. you can't control the, the rain and the, and the weather and the elements. And, you know, all you can really do is, is, is make a wine that at the end of the day you can look yourself in the mirror and say, that's the best I could have done under the circumstances. And I think the one thing about America is the, the customers really understand that. If you, if you are transparent and open and you explain the challenges, and we're going to get challenges, 2003, 2011, people are, are open to learning and will judge the wine on its book. But, you know, you, you go in with, with these great intentions of making incredible wines, and sometimes you can just do so much. You know, and all you can do is give yourself a chance, right? Yes. So it is, it's it's easy to be humble when you do well and you get recognized. It's harder to be humble when you don't. But this industry is very humbling. But it's also a wonderful industry. But at the end of the day, the the reason we make wines, um, you know, is is not so much for for cups and medals. It's it's about sharing and creating memories with people who enjoy mm-hmm. sharing the wines with, and the customers that come in and support, and the customers that go to other wineries. You know, that's what it's about. And, and there's something nice about someone walking in saying, I don't like Chardonnay, and they eventually try yours and go, wow, this is uh-huh really, this is, this is lovely. You know, yes. or, you know, I'm not a big sparkling wine and, and Trump sparkling wine or, you know, Veritas and Stinson Sauvignon Blanc or, you know, the Rhone varietals that Kirstie's doing at Blenheim or, you know, there's so many more. You know, Barbersville's Italian varietals, the mm-hmm. Fiano and the Vermentino. I mean, those are, those are incredible. And I think any winemaker would, would say, you know, at the end of the day, we just want to make a wine that gets bought and gets enjoyed and people come back time and time again to do that. And, and that's essentially the, the romanticism and, and what strives us and what pushes us to do better. It's, it's really the people and the experiences of drinking our wines. I tend to marvel just the disconnect sometimes between some, I'm going to say, quote, unquote, like wine experts that have never spent a day in the vineyard. And there's a disconnect between what the winemakers are doing and, you know, what they're doing. And at the end of the day, I always just find it so, um, you know, I got into the industry because I'm just so uh, it's 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 it is humbling. I'm not a winemaker, but just the ability to slow down. I think wine teaches us a lot to kind of just slow the harried pace down a little bit. 
to enjoy and really take that time to appreciate what's in your glass. And I think that transcends into other areas of our lives when we start doing that. So I think it's just this beautiful thing about breaking bread, having great food, connecting with friends, family, neighbors, et cetera. So. Yeah, with, without a doubt. Wine wine has the ability to, to bring together people that are so different, you know, over something that they both enjoy. And you know, I think sometimes we're in such a, a fast-paced life. Everything is quick. You know, we do banking online. We can go shop and not get out of the car. We can get takeaway and not get out of the car. You know, life, there's, there's more to life sometimes. Sometimes it's just sitting down and putting the cell phones away and sitting on your deck and watch the sun go down and, and drink your wine. And you sometimes don't even have to say anything. You know, it, it does take you into a moment. And, you know, we, we look at we're geeky about wines. We're very passionate about wine. So we're sniffing and smelling and trying to figure out how to work. But at the end of the day, you know, wine is just a, a great sort of, you know, conversation filler. It's it's great with food. I mean, you know, it's something that should be part of everybody's life. And that should be anything. It could be beer. It could be whiskey. I mean, sometimes you just got to enjoy something in the glass and, and sort of be trapped in the moment and not worry about anything else. Because it'll be there tomorrow or later on in life anyway. So um, I think that's the, that's the romantic notion. There's certainly a lot of hard work that goes into it. But once it's all said and done, you know, at the end of the day, we don't put wines that sit on shelves to be looked at. You know, we want them to be opened and enjoyed. And, um, yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. I think you, uh, I believe you were the one who said a conversation without wine is just gossip. Yeah, yes. without a doubt. It's, <laughs> I just uh, love that quote. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's part and parcel. I mean, we, we reach for wine all the time, but there's a lot of people that don't. Mm-hmm. You know, and the other thing is part of our jobs is not only to, to promote our wines, to promote regional wines, but just to promote wine in general. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I think per capita, Americans don't drink a lot of wine. I think that's changing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is an industry that is, is fantastic, but it's also quite variable because we don't produce the same product year in, year out, which we think is great. And there's vintage variability for a consumer that's quite scary. Um, that little gamble sometimes, right? It is, yeah. it is. You know, people want to know what they buy, you know, and if they like last year's vintage, why is next year's vintage not the same? You know, so there is a lot of lot of chance to, to educate and talk to people about it. And, and this is another reason why to, to go and visit these wineries, mm-hmm. you know, during this week is yes. you'll get to talk to the winemakers and the vineyard managers, and they'll give you a little bit of insight into some of the challenges they face and what they have to do to create that bottle of wine. So it's a I great think, conversation piece. Yeah, I think when people start to understand the story behind it, they appreciate it a lot more and they say, okay, well, I understand now. Or you're going to have, you're always going to have those consumers that just want their recipe wines and they want it to be the same over sure. and over again. But I think a great majority of people, once they hear that, they're much more willing to, you know, accept yeah. the differences and embrace, not only accept, but really embrace and enjoy those differences. Without a doubt. And then, you know, also meet the personalities because mm-hmm. wine is, you know, is personality based. And I think whether you like to believe it or not, I think any winemaker might have a little bit of a signature and you know you want to you want to see the personalities behind making that wine you know um you, you know you've got the italians you've got the french you've got the uc davis train you got one or two south africans in this industry as well but you know there's some <laughs> there's amazing characters colorful characters that are really you know fun to hang out with fun to talk about um and then are very serious in what they do and they craft and are, are really helping not only put the Monticello wine trail on the map, but put Virginia on the map and, and really starting to make wines that, you know, can sit alongside quite comfortably with um, some of the wines of the rest of the world and on the West Coast. And that's all we want to do is is really promote and improve the quality of the wines that are getting made in, in the surrounding areas. Yeah, I was at BevEx in D.C. a couple of weeks ago, and they were talking about it's not so much your uh, fellow winemaker down the street that you're competing with. It's 
the wines of Chile, it's the wines of Argentina, or I mean, it's becoming so globalized. And as a lot of the younger Europeans really aren't following in their parents' and grandparents' footsteps, uh, there's a huge force to get all of these wines into America. So it's to elevate, as you mentioned, and what a great way the Montreal Wine Trail is coming together as a whole to say, this is what we're producing here. And that's going to help you, I believe, long term and kind of establishing yourself as a mainstay in the wine world. Yeah, I think so. I mean, part of it is creating an identity. I mean, we don't want to make wines that are, you know, blindly of Chilean or Argentinian, Australian, they, they do what they do well. And, and Napa and Oregon and Washington, they do what they do well. So we're, we're trying to figure out what it is that we do well. You know, what is our signature? Is it a varietal? Is it a style? You know, is it the diversity of styles and varietals in this part of the world? Um, you know, each winemaker will say they think this grape does well, and someone down the road will say something else. So there is, there is um, that sort of pause for celebration of diversity in wines. And, and that for a consumer should be exciting because there's definitely something here for everybody. Mm-hmm. You know, every whether, palette and every price point. At, at every price point. Yes. You know, whether it's big dry reds, you know, lights, early drinking whites, you know, sweeter wines, dry wines. You know, Virginia does them all and they do them well. You know, it's mm-hmm. not like sweet wines are not as good as dry wines just because they have sugar in them. There are some incredible sweeter wines. There's incredible rosés. There's incredible varietals across the board. And that is something to celebrate. And this is essentially what it is, the Monticello Wine Trail Absolutely. and the events leading up to it. Um, and you and, you and I, give, you know, we're giving everyone a uh, pass to play hooky on Friday, right, to go check some of this Without stuff out. Without a doubt. Yes. I think <laughs> if, if, if you're going to take a day off to go and see something or go and do something, maybe uh, supporting the local wine industry and enjoying the products of the labor, so to speak, is, is a great good, way to spend yeah, the day. You're doing good for the economy. And uh, real quick, Stephen, what's the uh, web- website over at Keswick if they want to come check you guys out? Oh, too? it is uh, www.keswickvineyards.com. So go check out some of Stephen's wines over there as well. And uh, again, head to the website, uh, MonticelloWineTrailFestival.com, to get all the information for ticket prices and the lineup of events beginning on Thursday, just a few days away. So plan your week. It's going to be a great, great, great weekend. Hopefully the weather will cooperate. And uh, it's always a pleasure having you on, Stephen. Thanks for Thank stopping by. Thank you so by. much, Crystal. Really appreciate appreciate and thanks for tuning in uh, make sure to head over to crystalpalette.com to catch up on all of my past episodes and i'll see you back here next saturday cheers